0: Welcome to Lavender Dahlia, I'm Jennifer Osler Bolton, and together we are going to enjoy the freedom of exploring who God created us to be by lifting the veil off of our hearts and bringing to light the authenticity that we've been hiding in the dark. I am so happy that you're here, so let's talk. Have you visited the podcast shop yet? Go to jenniferoslerbolton.com and click on the shop link where you can find the perfect item to showcase to the world that you are a Dahlia. Welcome back. It has been a long time. Too long. Almost two months since I have been here with you on Lavender Dahlia. We had a really busy summer michael and my stepdaughters were here for five weeks and we did everything california that you can possibly imagine we did the amusement parks we did the camping we did the beach we did all the fun things so it was really really fun a really packed five weeks and i really wanted to take that time to be with my family and focus on the six of us so thank you for allowing me to do that and for you know I, I was getting updates that people were still listening to the podcast maybe catching up on previous episodes and thank you for doing that thank you for continuing to listen in to my heart even though I was not present with you and then I had planned on coming back shortly after uh, Michael and the girls went back home but then uh, when Michael was back in Northern Ireland. There was news that his aunt was really not doing well. She was uh, battling lung cancer, and she was in her final days. So I ended up flying out there. What was supposed to be a one-week visit turned into a two-week visit so I could be there with Michael and his family as she made her transition from this world into the next. And so here we are. Uh, Feels finally a little bit settled uh, in my home and in my home life. But there's a lot of unrest happening in the world everywhere right now. I had originally wanted my comeback episode, if that's what we want to call it. I originally wanted it to be an episode um, that was shared between a conversation that was shared between my cousin and I, my cousin who had moved up north. She, you know, went through a lot of uh, just reliance on God as she made this transition in her life. So that was supposed to be my comeback episode. And it's, it's still locked in and ready to go, but I wanted to talk about just the heaviness that's ha- that's happening right now in the world, that's going on in the world, because one of the things that I find myself asking quite often is, why? Why is this stuff happening? Why is there so much going on in the world right now? I feel, the way that I describe it in my heart, is that it feels just this heaviness. I feel a heaviness in the world a heavy energy. Um, You know, when you converse with people, when you see people, you can just kind of feel the toll that the world events that are taking place, you know, the toll that that is taking on their own heart. So it it leads me to a lot of questioning with God, you know, why, why are, why are things happening? And so I, I wanted to talk about that first before I bring in the conversation that my cousin and I had. It's a great conversation, a lot about reliance on God you know, following through with God's will and plan for our life and and letting go of the reins in a sense. It's a great conversation and I'll probably bring that up next week, but I really want to talk about this right now. So I get a lot of messages uh, and I'm grateful for it. A lot of messages asking how I hold on to faith during times like this. And if I'm being honest with you, uh, it's work it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to hold on to faith when you see so much going on in the world. And we know, our brains know that God is in control. We, we, we know this and we understand this and, and we might even be praying it, God, we know you are in control. But deep in our hearts, we struggle with believing that when we see everything that's going on and it feels like God's not stepping in. It doesn't matter what side of the political party you're on. It doesn't matter where you are in the world listening to this right now or what your thoughts are on, you know, subject matter XYZ. It doesn't matter because no matter where we sit in our views or in our belief system, when we feel that something is out of control, we want to know where God is. God, where are you? Why does this happen? And I don't know why things happen. Um, I don't don't have any sort of peek into God's plan, you know, his outline, his layout of everything. I, I don't have a clue why things happen. But I do know what it can produce. So while I don't have an idea of God's actual plan, I do have to wonder if maybe this is part of the reason why. If you notice, after each tragedy, no matter what kind, whether it's worldwide or personal in our own lives, the most beautiful thing happens afterwards. Unity. Unity happens everywhere after tragedy strikes. Now, we all have our different opinions about how things should be done, but we're all hurting. And maybe, and I say the word all just because right now I'm just thinking globally, there's just so much going on right now. But individually, even when we go through tragedy, the people in our lives around us, they're hurting with us. The tragedy that happens in our lives affects them as well, individually. Whatever the tragedy is, whatever the loss is, it's going to affect the people around us as well. So no matter the kind of tragedy and no matter the scale of the tragedy, the most beautiful thing happens afterwards. Unity unity happens we all have our different opinions about how things should be done and and you know how things should look but at the root of it we're all hurting we're all sad we're all devastated and hurting for others again no matter the scale of the tragedy or how close it hits to home we feel compassion. It gets ignited within us when we see tragic things happening, when we see other people hurting. Our wallets open up. Our hands want to help. Our hearts ache for someone else. And I lived through the most beautiful example of that when Ryan died. When Ryan died, It was a loss immediately felt by those who knew him, who personally knew him. We all had individual relationships with him. We all held a different love for him. But those of us who knew him personally, we felt that deep in our hearts. But it wasn't felt just by us. My entire community that I live in surrounded me and my family. I mean, don- donations were coming and fundraisers were being made. I mean, it, was, it blew my mind how people could show such compassion and love and sympathy for a family they didn't know and for a man they never met. I was blown away by it. And it still happens five years later. And I'm still amazed by the compassion that my family receives as a result of our tragedy. It's felt by everyone. So here was my thought when I was thinking about this. In tragedy, we become who God wants us to be. That's who God wants us to be. And sadly, those traits don't naturally come out without a reason. We live in a society that pushes us to be number one. Step on who you need to step on. Don't worry about the little person. Get to the top. Be the best. Be number one. That's the society that we live in. But that's not who God designed us to be. He designed us to be this compassionate, loving, giving, serving, empathetic soul. But the world tells us, now. there's no time for that. There's no time for that. So what, what comes out of the tragedy is actually who God created us to be. And sometimes I have to wonder, is that part of the reason he allows it to remind us of who we really are? So then one of the things we have to ask ourselves is, well, who are we then? Well, who are we? Well, we can go back to the beginning of time, right? The beginning of Genesis. And it says very plainly that we are made in God's image. Well, that's who we are made to be. Are we made to be God? No, (laughs) we are not made to be God, but we were made in his image. We were made to be of his likeness. And how do we describe our God? God is love, right? God is love. That's who we are. So the fruit of the spirit um, I'm just going to read it here really quickly. It's in Galatians 5, starting verse 22. It says, "But the fruit that the Spirit produces in a person's life is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control." So, that's the fruit of the Spirit. We were all given the gift of the Holy Spirit, the day that we decided to make God ours, to claim Jesus as the Lord of our lives and to be submerged into the waters of baptism. So the spirit is with us. And when we act as the spirit, when we let the spirit lead, when we act in God's image of what he actually created us to be, this is what is produced. And you know where we see this? After tragedy, kindness is exploding everywhere. Love, Joyfulness, we find joy in the small things again. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. These are the things that are produced, sadly, after tragedy. But the truth is that we were created and born with the ability to be these things without tragedy having to bring them to the surface. So if we were born with these abilities, the ability to be these things, because we were created in God's image and God is these things. This is the fruit of the spirit. The spirit is God, right? So these qualities, these fruits are built within us. So why is it so difficult then for us to naturally be these things? We could talk about our sinful nature and our selfish nature, but that I'm not going to do that today, but we all know that that exists and we all know what that looks like. But there's something else that happens that gets in the way of us and our naturally born capabilities to possess the fruit of the spirit. And that's called life. Life happens, right? And not only does life happen, but over time, we receive these deceitful lies that are being told to us that we can't be these things, that we don't have to be these things, that we don't need to be these things, and that we shouldn't be these things. And we know, we know where those lies come from. We have an enemy who doesn't want to see the fruit of the spirit being produced. We have an enemy who wants tragedy to produce anger, bitterness, division, just horrible, awful feelings. That's what our enemy wants to produce out of tragedy. But I've seen firsthand and personally experienced what can come out of tragedy and it is massive amounts of spiritual fruit so a lot of times what i can see happening is yes we ask questions we get angry i've seen things that just make me sick to my stomach that are happening in the world but i see a lot of people praying and i see a lot of people mocking those prayers oh yeah what are prayers gonna do how are prayers gonna save anybody you know what prayers do prayers drown out the enemy the more we pray the louder we are the less he is heard the enemy the less he has heard so these are my thoughts on why things happen i wish i wish i had a concrete answer i wish i could say well this happens because this is going to be the outcome or this happened because this was going on but there is a master plan that we can't see and i don't have a clue about And I don't want to pretend to know. I don't want to pretend to even understand. But I do believe deep in my heart that part of the reason that God allows us to experience heartache and tragedies is to remind us that we are capable of who He envisioned us to be from the beginning. Kind, selfless, Loving, serving, gentle, open, soft-hearted, compassionate, and giving. We are all of those things by nature. That's who we are designed to be. We are created in God's image, but the world makes us forget that. And the enemy lies to us to tell us we are nothing like that. But something happens in the midst of tragedy. Something happens within us. And we get that little touch back into who we are. It naturally, I don't, I don't know about you. Maybe, maybe it doesn't for you. I can only speak for myself. But for me, it naturally comes to surface when I see someone hurting. I hurt. I can't watch certain videos. I can't watch the news. I can't watch things because I feel so much for what's happening my compassion starts bubbling to the top oh right that's who god made me to be i i want to love on people i want to encourage people i want to pray for people i don't know i want to be kinder to the people i meet on the street i want to say hello i want to enjoy the small things but mostly i want to stay connected to god because i don't know i don't know why things happen So it pulls me closer to God, it makes me reach for Him, it makes me yearn for His answer, for His wisdom, for His comfort, and for His love. In tragedy, I become who God created me to be. I hate that it takes heartache to make us reach for God, to make us have compassion on other people, to make us see the world for what God originally designed it to be—beautiful, united loving selfless together that's what God envisioned but our enemy wants to take tragedy and tell us how bad it is how bad God is how mean God is and how he's punishing us for being human don't listen to the enemy when we ask God why why is this happening why did this happen? Why is this going to happen? Whatever our question is, whatever's going on globally or personally in our lives, and we ask God why, I bet part of the answer is because I want to remind you of who you are and what you're capable of and what I designed you to be and who I created you to be. Tragedy is painful. There is no mistaking that, and I'm not trying to say don't be sad in your tragedy, because I don't I don't believe that. I don't believe that in James chapter one where it says to rejoice in our trials. I don't believe that means to just smile your way through it, be happy, and just ah, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm look at me, I'm smiling, I'm happy. I don't believe that at all. I think it's actually unbiblical to not acknowledge how much it hurts. Jesus did. Jesus sat in Gethsemane and. He completely acknowledged his hurt, his fear, his sorrow, and his desire for a plan B. I think we have to acknowledge that tragedy is painful. But I challenge you to look around you when tragedy happens. You're going to see some ugliness, no doubt about that. But I bet you'll also see a whole lot of spiritual fruit around you. So even if you're not there yet, if you can't get into that basket of spiritual fruit yet after tragedy, just look around you. How many people are saying prayers? How many people are making donations? How many people are serving in ways? They're creating care packages. There's, you know, I, I, just look around you. It's everywhere. Even if we are not ready to be in that basket of spiritual fruit, look around you. You'll see it. I wish it didn't take heartache to remind us of who God created us to be, but I am grateful that out of the pain, out of the tragedy, out of the heartache, there's a beautiful production of spiritual fruit that happens within us and all around us. I want to leave you with this thought. This is in Romans 15 verse 13. It says, I pray that the God who gives hope will fill you with much joy and peace as you trust in him. Then you will have more and more hope and it will flow out of you by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're hurting right now, whether it's personal heartache and tragedy, or you're just hurting with the heaviness of the world right now, allow yourself in the midst of the heartache to reach out to God. And if you are in a position where you are seeing heartache around you, remind yourself of who you were created to be. Remind yourself of the capabilities you have to give and share the fruit of the Spirit with others. The unfortunate truth is that we will not go through life without experiencing heartache, tragedy, and trials. But I believe the other truth of that is that it's purposeful and we can produce some of the most beautiful spiritual fruit as a result of it. And I'm praying that we all do. Thank you for sharing this time with me. I hope you feel encouraged and are filled with courage to see yourself the way that God sees you. You are so many beautiful things. That's why there's a flower named after you. Make sure to subscribe to Lavender Dahlia for podcast updates and episodes and visit jenniferoslerbolton.com to join the Lavender Dahlia email list. Until next time, my heart is hugging yours. I'll see you soon.